1960, over 50 million TV sets were spread throughout America. The transition from broadcasting in black and white to color brought new opportunities to visually appeal to viewers. Television was overtaking print as the go-to source for news and crucial global events. And news in this time was paramount. The civil rights movement, Kennedy's assassination, the first man on the moon, the Vietnam War. All of this was being seen on television. And with this access to the harsh realities of life, the flip side of the TV coin presented America with a shining era of entertainment. Sitcoms and science fiction and fantasy, all of these genres were still just rebellious teenagers trying to find their way and overperforming in their entries. The musical variety shows were rolling strong with no end in sight. The 60s brought us a new era of TV programming, and that's one that should be celebrated. This is Children of the Tube, the 1960s. again guys to another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and as always we're your hosts damon and kyle how's it going man it's good man it's been it's been a long uh seven years of a day but i'm ready to record a podcast how are you i am good it has definitely been a long one uh definitely a long day and uh it's been a while since people's heard us you know we had to skip a week with some technical difficulties but uh we'll be seeing that episode come back at some point Um, But it's, yeah, I'm ready for this draft, though. Uh, This is someone that's been long, you know, when we came up with it, I was very excited. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. But we do have a guest, a very special guest, and her name is Andrea. Uh, Andrea, say hey hey to everybody. Hi. Um, How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been um, cold here in L.A., and by cold, I mean like 65 degrees. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I'm very excited to be here. Nice. Oh, man. So, Kyle, you want to tell the people what we're doing today? Yeah, we are. Um, if you've heard some teasers in the last couple episodes, we are kicking off our, our first uh, series, um, Children of the Tube. Um, we're breaking down some TV series of the decades. We are starting this week with the 1960s. Um, this is like great timing with WandaVision just ending. I'm like all, like in love with this decade all over again. Uh, yeah, so we're basically breaking down just what we define as like the essential series from this decade. As always, we're going to have uh, four picks each. Um, th- that number seems smaller and smaller every time we do one of these. <laughs> so hard to narrow down. But yeah, we'll have four picks each. And it's just, as always, it's just our own personal qualifiers, what we think uh, exemplifies the 60s best. Um, and we're going to play a list game to determine the order. So what's our list game this week, Damon? Yes, we are doing TV couples. Mm-hmm. So as long as they they were together for a substantial amount of time, you know, known as a couple, they're up for grabs. And so this could go really long or really short. Uh, who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, Dre, you can go first and then Kyle can go second and I will go last. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with Wanda and Vision. Gave it <laughs> nice. <away>. <laughs> yeah. One of the best. Uh, yeah. Let's go with Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. Yes. Um, Bob and Linda Belcher. 
nice. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, Al and Peggy Bundy. Mm, classic. Um, let's go with Morticia and Gomez Adams. Nice. Um, let's see. Homer and Marge Simpson. Okay. <laughs> uh, ben and Leslie from Parks and Rec. Nice. Um, I got to go with my OTP, uh, Nick and Jess from New Girl. Love it. <laughs> Rewatch right now. <laughs> um, Eleanor and Cheedy from mm. Good Place. Oh, Another yeah. great one. Uh, I'm going to go Monica and Chandler from Friends. <laughs> nice. Um, let's see. Let's go with Batman and Catwoman. From Batman, it's a 60s series. Okay. 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 Um, let's go with. Am I already blanking? Oh, man. <laughs> um, there's so many. And yeah. I'm just. Maybe the Corey five and Oh, nice. Good save. Nice. Uh, we go David and Patrick from Shit's Creek. Oh, goals. Yes. Um, let's see. Hmm. Let's go with sorry, Damon. Let's go with Jim and Pam from the office. There's no no need to say sorry. They they are a couple. <laughs> um Carla and Turk. Mm. Oh nice. That's goals. Nice. Yeah. That it. Yes. Um uh Kelly and Zach. Saved by the bell. Yes. Nice. <laughs> um, hmm. Let's go with Kermit and Miss Piggy from The Muppet Show. Iconic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. I'm uh, Angela and Sean. Pull me his role. Nice. Cool. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Luke and Lorelai from uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah. love that. Yes. Oh, man. All right, let's see. Hmm. Let's go with... Oh, boy. Five, <laughs> four. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Fleabag and Hot Priest. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love that neither of them have names. Yeah. <laughs> Those are names. Those are ass. Um, crap. I had one in my head, and then I had to count. Darn numbers. Um. Five. Oh, Fitzgerald and Millie from Scandal. Ooh, oh, nice. Okay. All right. I'm going to go Coach Taylor and uh, Tammy from Friday Night Lights. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They are goals. <laughs> yeah. No um, let's go with two of the only uh, people I want to hang out with from Westeros, uh, Sam and Gilly. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. They're the only like safe people, like very nice I don't people. Fear for my life with either of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, hmm. 
Okay, well, John and Egret. Nice. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go M- Missy and the Worm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, oh boy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Five, four, three, two. Got nothing. Oh, all right. (laughs) Oh no. Um, well, I have to come up with something now. Um, (laughs) yeah. Oh, uh, well, Ross and Rachel. Nice. Pretty classic. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, how about Marshall and Lily? Yes. yes. Why I didn't I think of that? Well, uh, Marshmallow and Lily Pad. <laughs> Ted and Robin. Yep. There you go. Um, Sam and Diane. Ooh, classic. Right? Yeah. Hmm. I got nothing in my head. Um, five, three, crap, two, da, 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 one. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> I can't. I don't know for sure, but that might have been the longest list game. Like we went for a good solid few minutes there. That was great. Yay. <laughs> I love Dang games it. like those. <laughs> All right. So that means, uh, Dre, you pick uh, our order. We, of course, do a snake draft. So, yeah, what's what's the order of this draft? Oh, no. This is too much pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to win. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, well, I think I'd like to go first, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, and then I guess we'll just go in order of how we went out. So then Damon and Kai, how about that? All right. Perfect. All right. Okay. Gotcha. There All right. Go. Yeah. So kick us off with your, your first 60s show. Okay. So I don't know how you guys went about choosing shows. I had a few criteria. One was if I had seen it, which there's <laughs> a lot of 60s shows that I recognize, but I hadn't watched. Um, and most of my... Knowledge comes from Nick at Night, you know, back in the 90s. <laughs> so part of me thinks you picked me for the 60s is because I'm an old. But <laughs> <laughs> I would, not that old, hopefully. Um, and then my other criteria were just like, how iconic is it? How much does it define the decade? How long lasting is it? And how much of a banger is the theme song? Because there are quite a few from the 60s that are iconic. Um, So with that criteria, this is really, it was really hard. And I can kind of like choose a few, but I'm going to go with Bewitched as my number one. That defines a lot of the 60s of the decade. Um, You know, they have uh, like with the fashion, um, they're coming up on their special effects a little bit. The theme song, uh, Samantha with her nose. Uh, it's just, and it just, 
it's one of the shows that Wanda did, WandaVision did in their opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, yeah, it's a classic. They remade it. And like I said, the theme song, it really, it's, you hear it and you're like, I know what that is. So that's my, <laughs> that's my first pick is I would say Bewitched kind of exemplifies the 60s. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think of Bewitched being the first pick of the 60s draft? So I love this. Um, I have, so like you just mentioned, my exposure to Bewitched is basically through Nick at Night and like reruns. I've seen probably a handful of episodes. Um, So I wanted to go with it, but I was like, I don't think I could do it justice. So I'm really glad between the three of us it was picked. Um, My first experience with this is crazy, completely backwards, but it was the Will Ferrell movie. Uh, I, yeah, and I was like, ah. I don't, I don't love this movie. I mean, it's one of his better movies, but it's Will Ferrell, so that's not saying much. Um, but uh, <laughs> I forgot Damon's a big Will Ferrell fan. Uh, yeah, it's just I didn't love the movie. And then I kind of went back and saw reruns on Nick at Night. And yeah, it's it's such a charming show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my I didn't pick up immediately on like the that being one of the things they referenced in WandaVision. But going back afterwards, I was like, they nailed it i mean they just it was perfect like the nose thing and oh, it was it was flawless um but it's yeah it's such a charming show i mean you talk about like how um you mentioned how they were kind of coming up on the, the special effects at this point i mean there were a lot of advancements in general in the 60s on tv and i think bewitched like was kind of a great example of that um it still has the kind of the cl- what i think of like the classic 60s stuff with sitcoms like it's very wholesome and has a lot of like really just charming back and forth between the cast but it also has some really great advancements and special effects for that for that time mm-hmm. and yeah i i just i'm thinking about how like all of the cast just bounces off each other super well i mean there's not there's there's not really a weak link i mean they're all pretty solid so this is a this is a great first pick yeah. yes i love it um i think you have what uh samantha was played by elizabeth montgomery mm-hmm. and then you had a uh, dick Sargent played darren uh until were, dick york replaced them yeah i was gonna say there were two darrens <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think uh the first dick was sick and then the second dick replaced the first dick mm-hmm. so uh Excuse and me. then um you know i think i liked them both though i remember enjoying both they were a little bit different you know slightly but they were still very charming very um, easygoing. Darren was great, and you know he also had that great kind of exp- uh, facial expression when things yeah. would go crazy. He'd get really like ah, like I don't <laughs> know. You'd see his face really bulge out. Like he had the perfect forehead for it. I think Dick Sargent did, anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I remember Dick Sargent a lot more than Dick York, though. Okay. Um, but like like uh, Dre said, I, I remember watching this growing up on like Nick at Night um, and then TV Land, really. So like whenever I was bored, like I couldn't go to sleep. I'm an insomniac. So this would be pretty much what I'd watch. I'd put it on and it'd be like bewitched. I dream of Jeannie uh, acres. You'd have everything from there to Brady bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved it all. And this one was super fun, super charming. I think was, is a really great word. Like Kyle said to use for it. Um, I loved it. I mean, it ran for, I think eight seasons from 64 to 72. So Mm -hmm. definitely, big time 60 show it like i said before uh i dream of genie that show was spawned from this one like that was mm-hmm. a copycat show pretty much um so i i love you know that's a good one too but i think this show was pretty much 
one of the biggest fantasy shows like in the first like heyday of tv i would say yeah pretty confidently mm-hmm. um, that's a good point so like i mean fantasy was really trying to find its legs and like what it could do especially with the budget you know and kyle said the special effects are great for this time period uh really well done and the theme song is just pretty groovy. So good. I just immediately pictured that title card when you yeah. mentioned the show. <laughs> Dre, what would you rank this uh, theme song? Like one to ten. Ooh, I well, I'd give it a nine, I think, because it's just I know it, but I wish there were words. Uh, yeah. It's one of those. It just it's up there. When I hear it, I want to like wiggle my nose and <laughs> i'm like ready ready for bed <laughs> yeah. oh man um i love it okay so that's bewitched the first pick of the draft and we're gonna roll to the second one and that was me correct right yeah okay just making sure um so bewitched of course was on my board so that's sad um but <laughs> thankfully it was not my first pick okay and like dre i was trying to think about exactly what i wanted to draft uh for this okay you know 60s i didn't really want to go too far as far uh what was popular at the time you know like that's one thing you know but that really doesn't have too much significance now you know it's really about what's lasted you know what's persevered through time what's become an icon what's you know in the pop culture zeitgeist so to say um and i think this show is probably number one in my eyes for that. Like, it's literally being remade into a Netflix show pretty soon. I'm talking about The Addams Family. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, created by David Levy and Donald Saltzman. It was shot, shot in black and white. Uh, ran for two seasons from September 18th, 1964 to April 8th, 1966. A total of 64 episodes. Um, and of course, everyone knows the iconic opening theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was composed and sung by Vic M- Mizzy. You know, uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, um, the famous extended family of goths include the enthusiastic and charming Gomez Adams, the husband of one Morticia Adams, and father to Wednesday and Pugsley. Love those guys. Um, Uncle Fester and Grandmama also live with them with their servants. Um, you know, you got the towering butler Lurch. And you got Thing, the disembodied hand that just kind of does its own thing, you know, just kind of wandering around. Um, I love all the theories that people have about Thing and, like, where the hand came from and whose hand <laughs> it is. Um, I don't know. This show, like, back even back then, it was so – I loved it because you had the the contrast of their kind of gothic view and their appearance of what they were, this crazy, really gothic house – they were all in black and everything. And then all their neighbors were just these suburban, uh, you know, people in the 60s, right? And But they were super positive. Like, they were very cheery people. Like, they were weird, is I guess you would say, but they didn't notice anything. They were just like, this is who we are, you know? And you kind of see that, of course, in their future reincarnations. Uh, some of my favorite being, of course, the 90s movies. Um I adore them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually kind of enjoyed the most recent animated movie. That was pretty fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaacs vo- uh, voiced Gomez. Uh, I dug it. Um, and this show, I really honestly have to say, I have don't remember too much of the original episodes. Um, I think I remember the, the remake they did somewhere around in the 70s or 80s. Um, and then, of course, the movies. But 
I mean, the fact that this show has been remade over and over again, uh, I believe it got some comic books as well. Um, and everyone to this day will be able to sing this song. Like I, I would like you pick nine, like 10 people, random people out of the street. I would say nine out of 10 would know the song. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty confident 10 honestly would know it. I think yeah. so. That's my first pick. Adam's family. What do you think? Kyle? Uh, yeah, this is a, a home run. Um, this is another one that I, I, it's like one of my alternates. So I'm, I'm glad it was picked. Um, th- this is another one that I, kind of got to uh, like at Nick at Nick at night. Um, but I mean, it's iconic. Like it's just, I, I would say we're already hitting two for two with theme songs because the theme song for this one is absolutely a certified bop. Um, I remember when I was super young, it's the easiest thing in the world, but uh cousin, it was like one of my first Halloween costumes. Um, more of a more as of like a we didn't have anything so i was just like oh, i'll just do this it's super easy diy but uh i loved this show growing up um what's her name uh carolyn jones as morticia was a very early like celebrity crush um and i just the whole i think this show is responsible for like my obsession with the whole like goth aesthetic at a very young age i mean i just this show is responsible for the fact that I pretended to like Tim Burton movies for so long. Um, <laughs> I just, I loved it. I, I loved everything about it. I I'd also really have a big soft spot for both of the nineties movies. Um, those I've, I would say I've, I've watched those a lot more than the original series, but yeah, you, you said the, the name and I just immediately got so much like nostalgia of like watching this with my siblings. And uh, it was like a, definitely a favorite, like, with our whole family. We didn't all watch it together, but we all kind of like referenced it a lot growing up and would just like hum the theme song around our house. So yeah, this is, that's a great, great pick. Dre, what do you think? I agree. It was up there on my list. Same thing, that criteria of the, the theme song. Um, and I will say, uh, you know, it stands the test of the time. Like one of the characters is part of our lexicon now, you know, like Lurch, right? Okay, Lurch, you got this like leering kind of, you know, guy who's always there in the corner and like you rang, like that is a thing. Like my brother and I would say to each other all the time when we call each other. And it's just, it's part of like the vocabulary now, um, stand the test of time. And I will say my, my first thought always goes to the movies, the nineties movies as well. Like they, you know, they had great material to work from. And I think they just added to it instead of like, you know, unlike Bewitched where uh, they did not, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, Adam's family, I think honored the original and made it their own yet was still, and was still fantastic in its own right. yeah. And I will say, I'm surprised it was only two seasons. Only but two. Crazy that it's 60 something episodes for yeah. two seasons. That's been a, a kind of all my research has like a lot of shows in the 60s I thought ran for so much longer, but I guess they just had really long seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I don't think they took breaks as well, like during like holidays or anything. Right. Like, they just like trudged through it. So yeah. they had like, I think like 30 plus episodes a year mm-hmm. or a season or something like that so it makes a little bit more sense but now we have like six eight six. ten episodes <laughs> right <laughs> um i don't know i like both depending you know uh, the, the longer seasons allow you to really have some filler and just really 
go out there and absurd, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and Adam's family does that well, super well. Um, and like you said, like as far as like it's in our zeitgeist, Wednesday Adams is a huge like icon, you know. Yeah. And like the fact is that Netflix show will be about her kind of going to like the supernatural school and like growing up. It'll okay. be focused around her. Um, so exciting. And, like, and all I can see when I think of Adam's family is the song and Gomez and Fe Uncle Fester fighting, sword fighting, <laughs> and then yeah. Wednesday in the old school series dancing. Dancing, yeah. Get, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I love it. it. It will always be there, like rent free in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad you like the pick. And before we get to Kyle's first two, we're going to take a quick break. So here at Planet Fantasy, Damon and myself are big fans of lots of different mediums, but the two big ones appear to be television and film. We've already kicked off our series Children of the Tube, where we're breaking down each decade in television, starting with the 1960s. I'm here to tell you about the flip side, film. That's right, we're talking about our new series, Acolytes of Film, where we're breaking down each decade, starting with the 1960s all the way to the present, and breaking down our essential movies from each of those decades. The first episode of the 1960s will be coming to you at the end of March. And we're back, guys, from break. And last we were here, uh, I drafted the Adams Family for my first pick of the 60s TV series draft. And now we're going to go to Kyle for his first two. So what you got for us, man? All right. Um, so uh, losing the list game and then, you know, being third in the draft order terrified me just because <laughs> there are. So there's only one show that if I didn't, you know, if it got grabbed, I would have been just Oh, devastated. So I'm, I'm glad it's still up for grabs. Um, I have to snatch it before it's taken. I got to go with the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it ran from 59 to 64. Another one that like feels like it ran for so much longer, but it just had very long seasons. Um, I think that, you know, the 60s, like we've been saying, they were very um, formative for a lot of different genres i mean sitcoms kind of exploded but i think sci-fi was still finding its footing and, and i mean there is no modern sci-fi genre without the twilight zone you know at least in the the tv medium mm -hmm. um i think that it's so influential in the kind of uh sci-fi that we get so much of today very you know provocative uh sci-fi that asks like questions about morality um and I love the idea of an anthology show. I'm always down for something like that. It's the reason I love Black Mirror, despite its worst episodes. I'm always down for some Black Mirror. Just I just love that idea that you can tell this contained story with one episode. Um, and Twilight Zone like set the bar for that. I mean, uh, first of all, this is another one that like the theme song is great, but the opening itself, you know, the narration by Rod Serling. Mm -hmm. um, you just immediately picture his voice in your head. And the cr the crazy thing about that is that he originally wanted an actor named uh, Richard Egan to do, do, do the narration. And he even said, so Rod Serling created the show, but he, he said, I really want him to do it. It's Egan or no one. It's Egan or I'll do the thing myself. And obviously Egan wouldn't agree. So he was like, fine, I'll just 
Thanos this. I'll just do it myself. And <laughs> I'm so I'm not really familiar with Egan, but I am so glad that that happened that way because I just can't picture this show without Serling uh, narrating and kind of giving us like the moral of the story. Um, this show, you know, spawned so many different like incarnations of the story. We got um, a movie in 83. Uh, we got three television remakes, one that ran in the 80s, one that ran in the 2000s. And now we have the the Jordan Peele one that's running on, I think, CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have like season four is like the to use a community reference. It's like the ghastly year. Uh, very different season. They're like hour long episodes. Rod Serling wasn't as involved in the writing. So that's kind of the se- Netflix doesn't even carry season four. Um and it's not like there's nothing really great about it, but everything else is just top notch. I mean, you've got a, an incredible cast. Um, you have all these guest appearances from people like Carol Burnett, Robert Redford, um, obviously William Shatner and probably the most iconic episode. Um, yeah, this the show just did, like I said, so much for the sci fi genre, but it just does this incredible thing of like whether the episode was like a really dark one there were a few positive ones few and far in between but a few of them had some good endings or some happy endings um but they were all just so interesting and fascinating and i just love the idea of like i said like a contained story within each episode um just kind of posing this like scenario this what if and your mind kind of like fills in the blanks on what would happen or what would you do um my my favorite episode is three characters in search of an exit or five, five characters, three characters, something like that. Um, it's the one with the like the soldier, and the ballerina, and the cr- the clown, and all of that. Um, and just the way that plays out over like 20, 30 minutes is like an absolute masterpiece of television. Um, and I think that yeah, this one just it, it really pushed boundaries in the questions that it asked. Um, and we're talking a lot about like what. Damon said it really great about like what maybe not what was popular then, but what has stayed in the zeitgeist since then. Um, and I think that Twilight Zone is still like talked about by so many different people. It's still held in such high regard as like one of the most influential series of all time. So I, I am really glad this one didn't get picked. I was worried. I was very, very worried, but I, I had to snatch it before it got grabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Dre, how do you feel about the Twilight Zone being the last pick of the first round? I, it was up there on my list as well. Um, I just, I'm not as personally tied to it, I think, as some of the other picks, but I agree with everything you said, and it has definitely stood the test of time, and I just think also how many times it's been referenced and parodied in other shows, like one like the story that really stands out, like the Simpsons, you know, the Simpsons do everything, but the one where Lisa accidentally creates life in a like Petri dish, right? That's yeah. based on a Twilight episode. And, and that same story, and like she tries to be a benevolent god, um, I think is also in Futurama where Bender is floating in space and uh, civilization starts growing on his body. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> both of those could be tied back to a Twilight episode where some astronauts find life and one's like a good god one's a bad god um but yeah definitely i think it's one of those that and that we don't even know how many references there are in how many works of art because it's just so prolific yeah, yeah. i think it's an excellent pick i agree um i knew kyle was going to draft it 
it is like one of your absolute favorite shows. So I know it's coming. Um, <laughs> like like Dre said, it's not one of my you know something that is personally connected to me. Um, I very much enjoy it, um, and I love the questions it makes me ask. Like like Kyle was bringing up, the questions are paramount. I think to these episodes and this show because it makes you think. It's very like you're like wow, what is even happening? What you're watching and like is it happening or is it not happening and where is it happening um and is it going to stop immediately are you even going to get any answers those are my favorite episodes of the twilight zone or those kind that you're just not even sure if if anything that's happening in front of you is even absolutely happening um it's i don't know it's a complete mindfuck and i I think the twilight zone maybe created the mindfuck i don't know yeah possibly it may be popularized it (laughs) yes um and i i just love that and like you said it's in the zeitgeist still there's tons of remakes i don't mind the jordan pill uh ones you know they're pretty pretty good uh very well produced um but the show i just think will always be around and the theme song is is banger like (laughs) i love it Uh, (laughs) yeah so you said your favorite episode was which which one again um, it is, I'm going to mess it up. It's either, I don't know why I can't remember, but it's either three or five, but five characters in search of an exit. And I, it's probably that tied with the monsters are due on Maple street. Both of them just like, oh man, I I've probably seen both of them like 10 times each. And every time I get to the ending, you know, like the, the famous twilight zone reveal or whatever it is, I get chills. Like, it's just such a, they're both written in such a clever way that you really truly don't know what's going on until the very last second. And that's, I think that's the best of the twilight zone is when, like you kind of said, when they keep you guessing the whole time, you know, it builds suspense very well. I will say, um, super thriller. I love it. Uh, and that's Kyle's first pick and that's the last pick of the first round. Uh, so we're going to roll to the first pick of the second round and that's Kyle. What you got? All right. Um, so to follow that up, uh, I would say other than the Twilight Zone, the show that I watch the most that is from the 60s um, ran from 66 to 68. Another one that, you know, it just feels like it was on forever, but only ran for, you know, three years. Uh, I got to go with the Adam West Batman series. Um, yeah, Damon knew this was coming, too. I, yeah, <laughs> as much as I talk about the Twilight Zone, I want to talk about this series more. <laughs> um, and I've got one word for you, and that is camp. This show is campy as hell, and that's exactly why I love it. Um, I also think it it can't be understated how important this show is for just Batman as a character. Um, You know, Batman was conceived in the comics in, I think, 1939 uh, and appeared, you know, in some like some serials uh, in like the 40s. I think Um, this this show in 66 was the first real like mainstream exposure to the character. I'm sure he would, you know, something else would have come along eventually. But I think without this series, Batman is not like the iconic character he is today. Uh, a lot of times I, you know, complain about the almost like the overabundance of Batman content we get these days. But I, I love that he's such an iconic figure because of this show. Now, there has there has never been like a more outlandish or like goofy take on the character but i just think that's part of the charm um the show you know i think way back in like our very first episode when we were talking about like comic book movies and stuff i was talking about how i just love when comic book movies or tv shows or whatever 
really take advantage of the fact that they're based on comic books. Like they're just based on these ludicrous, larger than life stories. And this show really takes that and runs with it. Um, Adam West and Burt Ward, you can tell, are just having so much fun in every episode. Uh, the chemistry between, you know, I mentioned them in the list game, but the chemistry between Adam West and Julie Newmar and then eventually Eartha Kitt as Catwoman is so fun. It just such a fun back and forth. I think that's also responsible for how much they've been kind of pushed as a couple in the comics. Um you got some great like crossover content with the Green Hornet. Uh, he would show up in a few episodes, him and Saito, and that was always really fun. Um, and yeah, I just think that this show, like I said, it's just ultimate fun, right? Like it's just such, it's so campy and it's so ridiculous. Uh, but like, I feel like people sometimes sleep on Adam West's like comedic ability sometimes. He's just so fucking funny in this show. And it, he has like this really great, uh duality to him too he does like the duality of batman really well there's this scene where um he i think it's like commissioner gordon has bruce wayne call batman or something and he's in the other room but he keeps going back and forth between the red phone as like batman and then there's bruce wayne and just has to keep changing his voice and it's just hilarious but like the way that adam west just fully commits to the bit every time never gets old i just you can tell they had so much love for the the source material and and bringing it to the like the silver screen so yeah i'm just so grateful for what this really what this show did for comic book content in general um we're so lucky to be in like really like the best possible time for for this genre um you know wandavision just knocked it out of the park and like we just have so much to look forward to and watch um and i think that batman was a really big part of that back in the 60s just kind of one of those early attempts at like really bringing this stuff into the mainstream i love that and like you said um you know this isn't actually the first uh take on tv as a comic book character right. actually it was a uh, superman i think adventures of superman yeah. yeah i think that was like uh the decade before or earlier that decade mm-hmm. and yep. for i think like per you know i think two seasons or so um but really batman really just took the stage you know it really showed everybody what you could do with a superhero property and really where would we be without it um i think we get like spider-man uh, as a cartoon later in the decade or yeah. early in the 70s mm-hmm. so and we just you know keep steamrolling from there um and like you said i'm pretty sure we would have gotten another batman story somehow as the first one but i don't know i i don't think they would have done it as well as this one um and i really would love to see a more sillier take on batman maybe in 10 years when we really when we get tired of robert pattinson's maybe you know i hope they're really good but uh yeah maybe a more campy uh batman would be what we the world needs so uh and of course we had caesar romero gotta uh, mention him as joker he was so great yes. so just just super cheesy and sm- like his, his grin was great i i loved it uh dre what do you think about batman getting taken off the board Uh, i agree with everything you said again it was on my list um i i love it i love the campiness of it all the costumes i just in eartha kit as catwoman that voice is just i'm not even gonna try it because i'll just embarrass (laughs) myself but you know you can hear it in your head like you can hear the purr and it's just it's so good and it's it's iconic um I want to ask you guys, where do you rank Adam West's Bruce Wayne? 
Because I always think that's an interesting one because I think every Batman is either better as Batman or better as Bruce Wayne. Where would you rank Adam West in that? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah. that's important, nailing both Bruce and Batman. That's always yeah. fundamental to the role. Um, yeah. So I'll say I think Christian Bale did the best as Bruce Wayne. I think mm-hmm. he... I'm not... I love The Dark Knight. I'm not a huge fan of the trilogy as a whole, but I think he just nails the Playboy side. But Adam West, I would say, is probably up in the top three for me. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's tough. It's been a while since I've seen the show, and it's been a while since I've seen the older Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm planning on watching them this year, actually. Yes. Um, I'll have a better answer then. Uh, I'll just re-record for that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I can properly answer that until I, I watch it. Um, I remember enjoying his Bruce Wayne. Like, it is very impressive, uh, like, watching it a couple years ago and being like, it's it's just as good as any, like, better than Clooney could ever do. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, poor, Kilmer. <laughs> oh, poor Clooney. Yeah, Kilmer's Batman was pretty deep. was pretty legit. His yeah. Bruce Wayne was, mm, yeah. no... Not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was a good question. Um, you know what also Batman did, though? It gave us the iconic boom, pow, and like yes. live action. True. Yes. Super I great. want that in more comic book movies, especially in something like Endgame when it's like serious as hell. And then like you just see a boom, pow, when Thanos just knocks Cap's shit out. Like I just yeah. feel like that'd be hilarious. And like the music playing when they're fighting is just is beautiful like yeah (laughs) upbeat and action-packed and and now you you see the comic book shows you we have now flash and arrow it's super serious orchestral and drums and it's like you go back to batman it's like yeah i feel like or something like that could definitely incorporate that it would fit seamlessly yes i would love that that would be hilarious i would adore that um batman had to get picked that was my Definitely on my board. Y'all are really making my board small here. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, that was a great one-two punch, though, Kyle. Um, two of the most more iconic shows, really. Um, and maybe some of the most influential shows ever, possibly, mm-hmm. I would say. Definitely so. for their respective genres. Yes. Um, so, well, thankfully, my second cho- my second pick is not picked. So I can roll with that. I'm going to roll on down to the Stone Age. And I'm going Uh-oh. to meet my good old family, the Flintstones. Yep. Meet the Flintstones. <laughs> Another amazing theme song. I don't know if we're going to have a, a show on our list with with a bad theme song. Yeah. My top um, ten have all have amazing theme songs. <laughs> it was like a criteria. And honestly, it makes sense because like if you... If you catch them, like back then, I bet, and like in the 60s, like that was the whole idea. It's the hook. Catch them with a the theme song, and they're just going to sit there and keep on watching, you know? Because mm-hmm. yeah. there, there wasn't much else to do back then. <laughs> There's not anything else going on. Um, but The Flintstones is one of my favorite shows growing up um, in all of the different kind of ways they've remade it and retold it. But the original, I remember even watching. It was so fun. It, it was like literally watching like a sitcom, but it was just a cartoon. It was such a perfect blend. You had all the little family uh, dynamics going on. Um, the You had the neighbors, the rubbles, you know, Barney. And it was just super fun. And you had like them kind of, 
you had the Stone Age, and it was, you know, crazy prehistoric stuff going on, but it was super modernized, too. You know, like, they had coffee makers going on. They had their cars. They had their buildings and their mail, everything. It was just, you know, Stone Aged. Um, it was super cute. And, um, you know, of course, they made the movies in the 90s, and people have mixed reviews on those. Um, I, I very much enjoy the first one. The The prequel was... Was, was we won't talk about that but um i don't know i just find the character super endearing um and i i really really wish this is one of my shows that i want to get a super modern uptake like update mm. more than pretty much anything like they keep remaking stuff giving us new reboots this needs it i feel like yeah. they could really do some fun stuff with it um i love the kids you got pebbles and bam bam um, I, I love this show so much, like, I actually nicknamed my niece uh, Peyton Pebbles Aww. because her initials are P-E-B. So, <laughs> little Pebbles. <laughs> She's adorable. I'm sorry to see her. Um, but uh, just a little info on the show. It was uh, started in uh, 1960, so right there at the beginning, and went all the way to 1966, six seasons. Pretty strong. It was actually the first animated series to hold a primetime slot on television. So not only like, you know, pretty popular now still, but it was iconic then. It was it was making history. Um, so, you know, I don't know where we'd be without it. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? I mean, really, we just I, I don't know. You, you say Flintstones and I feel like most people are still going to know what it is. But I don't think like the newer generations probably maybe know what Flintstones are. So I think maybe it loses a little bit of points there. Um, so come on, somebody remake it, please. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I think it's just a super fun show and I really do think it'll stand the test of time eventually. Like people will always know what it's, what it's about and, you know, Fred and Barney and their antics that they get, get it going together. I love them. So, uh, Dre, what do you think? It's you guys have just been naming all of them on my list. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's iconic. And again, it's it really fits that criteria of standing the test of time. I can't tell you how many friends have dressed up as them for Halloween, right? It just it really yeah, it, and I so I live not far from Universal Studios. Um Lucky. yeah, I live about 10 minutes away. Wow. Uh so it's it's very fun and when it was open um but you know so I've, I've been there quite a bit in the studio backlot tour and I've actually worked on the backlot anyways they have like the Flintstones car there and it's just it's very cool to see you know, like it's just it's very um you know to see it kind of in real life I still I have iffy feelings about the the movie as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the show you know it just it's great and again I like I keep going back to like things modern shows that have referenced it and like you know parks and rec i remember one bit when they're in the like the um animal control department and he tried to create uh an alarm with a bird <laughs> you know like they did in the simpsons but it didn't work in real life <laughs> it's just it's hilarious and if you are familiar with the show you get the bit and it's just it's one of those that like it holds a special place also also the cereal. Yes. Yes. Fruity Pebbles. Don't forget about the vitamins, y'all. <laughs> on Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> the so, vitamins are iconic. I miss yeah. those things. It's like yeah. the only time I consistently took vitamins. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> 
were. Kyle, how do you feel about Flintstones? Uh, yeah, I'm so glad we're getting some Hanna Barbera love. Um, that's like, I mean, that that whole uh, production company was so formative in my early years, and the Flintstones was like right at the front of that. Um, I so back when we did a few weeks ago now, maybe months ago, when we did our our fictional universes draft, I like briefly considered the the Flintstones universe just because it's crazy because no one wants to live in the prehistoric era until you watch the Flintstones and you're like oh my god that looks so fun I, I want to live there you know like I want a pet dinosaur uh, I, I love it it's just such a the way you said like it's a sitcom but like with this this prehistoric family is perfect because it's just like you're following these pretty basic like it's kind of humdrum the humdrum life of like the the uh, the Flintstones and the Rebels, but it's so entertaining because they're just so endearing. All of them, they're just so like they're just you want to see more. Um, I want a car like they have. You know, you just kick your feet through and 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 I don't know how sustainable that is, but I really want one. <laughs> Get Hobbit feet and you're you're good. Hobbits <laughs> exactly. <love> <laughs> they're low enough to the ground too. Uh, yeah, I I just it's such an iconic show. Um, Damon, I agree. I didn't even think about it until you said it, but now I I desperately want like a modern, not a modern, but like a, a new revamped kind of show of the Flintstones. Like HBO Max has been doing a great job of like the Looney Tunes stuff. I would mm-hmm. love to see them pick up like a, an original series. All the Hanna Barbera, bring it back as a universe. Yes, yeah, we got that. Give us, that. Give us Jetsons, you know. I mean, the Scoob Scooby Doo is is there too. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We got that Tom and Jerry movie like last year, the, this year, and it was live action for some reason. But like they just need to put all the money into Hanna Barbera and like adapt all of that because there's so much to be mined there. Like, I mean, we're talking about the Flintstones, but there is like so much more. I can't even think of all the properties they have, but I just that's an untapped potential for sure. So this is a great pick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And like you were mentioning uh, like how popular the Flintstones are, you know, like pop culture being referenced. I think the biggest reference probably is the song Bedrock, mm-hmm. you know, by, yeah. uh, you know, Cash Money, Young Money. It was, yeah. it was like Nicki Minaj's like first feature on a big track. Yeah. Uh, Drake, uh, big, I forget who all was on it, but, you know, I can make your bedrock. And yeah. I didn't even notice this. Uh, I didn't know this until I was doing research. There's like multiple theme parks, like, that are themed around Flintstones. Yeah. There's like a couple like bedrocks and stuff like that. And I'm like, I want to (laughs) go like, I want to ride a roller coaster. That's Flintstone themed. That would be so cool. Yeah. I would love that. Um, Great. Yes. But yeah, that's my pick. I'm glad you like it. And before we get to Dre's next pick, we're going to go to a quick break. Have you ever wondered who's the most stylish of the MCU? Have your friends fought off numerous arguments of yours as to why the gas leak season of Community is the best season? It's not. Do you want to know what we think is the most memeable moment of the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Then you're in luck. We're starting a brand new series, Planet Fantasy's very own award show, The Effies, where we hand out superlatives and awards to our favorite TV and film properties. I'm talking iconic standalone movies, 10-season TV series, and the movie franchises that just don't seem to ever end. Join us for our first Effie's WandaVision on March 15th, and subscribe to be the first to hear about our upcoming Effie's. At Planet Fantasy, it's always award season. 
Hey guys, and we're back. And uh, I believe my last pick was the Flintstones. Uh, super great A pick, I believe, if I don't say so myself. Um, but we're all the way back to Dre, who uh, her last pick was Bewitched to start it all off. Uh, Dre, what you got for your second pick? Okay, so this one, I this is, again, I've been saying how difficult this is to kind of narrow it down and choose. Um, and it depends on what criteria I am uh, emphasizing. And I think I'm going to pick this one so you guys can't pick it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good strategy. I went for blood. <laughs> but it's just, it's one that I think, especially for our crowd, uh, stands out and has definitely stood the test of time. Um, with, huh? Don't Don't say it. <laughs> Original series start 1966 to 1969. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is also really personal because my, uh, so I'm going to say Star Trek, the original series yep. <laughs> uh, with Willie Schatz. Um, and I, I watched this one a lot with my dad growing up. He had, he would record episodes whenever they were on TV on um, VHS because <laughs> I grew up before DVDs were real, <laughs> were a thing. Um, so whenever he saw the episodes, and it was his favorite show as a kid, because he was like 13 to 15 when this show was like really big. Um, and he kind of instilled that love of sci-fi into my brother and I. And what he loved about this show and what I also love about Star Trek is that it's about like the human, like, you know, the final frontier exploration, looking to the stars, what can we learn? Um, and it's also just as a show in general in the 60s, it's groundbreaking in a lot of different aspects, right? Um, you have your first generation kiss, lots of stuff. Um, and then there's also just really cute things like Trouble with Tribbles, <laughs> like I had triple slippers, you know. <laughs> so this show, it means a lot. And then also just the countless um uh other material that's come from it right the multiple tv series and you can argue who's the best captain the multiple film series um again you can argue who's the best captain in those in the best series i'm not mad at the jj abrams ones but um i know some people are <laughs> but i just think it's one of those uh, people forget that that's where it started i think they you know everybody has their intro into the Star Trek universe and also we all I think it gets like lost a little bit uh compared to Star Wars um but it's just it this is where it started and I think it was such an important show in its time and then it still is so that's why yeah so I'm gonna say Star Trek is my my number two you suck Great. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> Kyle uh how do you feel about Star Trek being taken off the board? Yeah, I mean, it's a guarantee that all three of us had that one. That was going to be my next pick. So yep. I figured I was like, I can't get away with getting Twilight Zone, Batman and Star Trek. So I'm I'm sad, but I'm like, it had to be taken. Um, yeah. I'm just glad it's getting representation. I, I love this show. I, I I'm really tired of like the Star Trek Star Wars debate. There's room for both. And especially because this show is so groundbreaking. Like like Dre said, I mean, this this came before star Wars and it really like you talk, I talked about this with the twilight zone, but it really did so much for the sci-fi genre. Um, I, as much as I love, I mean, this sci-fi is probably my favorite genre in any medium, but like, I think that it nowadays it is very, 
uh, it gets very heady and very dark very easily. Um, and this show is just such a nice breath of fresh air because it's so hopeful. And like Rod- Roddenberry's vision of like the future is so optimistic. And it's all about inclusion and it's about, you know, traveling to these different worlds and finding peace with other uh, races and other alien races. Um, I think that's really refreshing. Um, that certainly has made this show incredibly timeless. Like it, it's more relevant now than I'd say ever. Um, and yeah, I mean, Dre mentioned like this, this show broke so many barriers and did so many firsts. Like the, I just, I love how diverse the crew is. Um, you've got, I mean, this show is airing smack in the middle of the Cold War, and you've got a, a Russian navigator. Like, I love that. And you've got a, a Japanese helmsman who, you know, the actor is one of, like, the four, you know, like, the founding fathers of the game movement. Like, you know what I mean? He's just, yes. I, I just, I love George Takai so much. And I love, one of the things I love about the most recent movies is beyond when they made, like, made it canon that Sulu is gay. That was, I love that. That was such a great uh, addition to that movie. Um and I just I really love the impact that Uhura has had on this genre in general. Um, you know, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. himself was a big Star Trek fan and cited uh, her character as like very crucial representation. And she was even thinking about quitting the show and met him. And he he told her, I was like, this this role is so important. You're doing we're seeing you in like a mainstream show, which is what we've always dreamed of seeing. And that's just so important. I think that's, that's beautiful. Um, and yeah, this show has just got like so many good episodes. I think city on the edge of forever is probably my favorite. Um, the emotion in that episode holds up. Like I just recently rewatched it. And as much as like William Shatner is kind of dunked on sometimes for the way he overacts in this show, (laughs) he like breaks my heart in that episode. I mean, it's, it's, it's rough. Um, but yeah, this is such a great pick. I I knew I knew between the three of us, we're all nerds. Like it had to be <laughs> scooped by one of us. So I'm glad it was taken. <laughs> yes, that was definitely my next pick as well. Um, I mean, Star Trek: The Original Series is maybe one of the most iconic shows ever. It's crazy because it ran for three seasons and it got canceled. Like it yeah. got canceled. They're like, yeah, no, we're good. You know, you're okay. You know, I mean, think about it, though. Like, it was the 60s. Like, sci-fi was just this super, like, it was like a teenager. Like, it was just trying to find its way. And a lot of people were like, they didn't know what to think about it. They're like, this is absurd. It's nonsense, you know. Um, But, like, when they canceled it, like, the amount of, like, fan letters they got and, like, support for it was just insane. And we see, like, the fact that that cult following bloomed into what we have now. Like, we have this... It's maybe the biggest fandom. Like, there's a lot of louder fandoms out there. <laughs> ones that I'm a part of, of course, that we all are. But Trekkies just seem to be, like, the most steadfast and just yeah. consistent fandom. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, my like I grew up in a Trekkie house. My mom is a Trekkie. And actually, truth be told, I grew up as a Trekkie uh, before Star Wars entered my heart. Um, but, yes, I do have room for both. I, I very much enjoy uh, the next generation is my 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 Star Trek. Okay, Jean Luc is my captain. Oh, captain! Um, so Star Trek: The Original Series doesn't have any personal connections to me, unfortunately. I very much enjoy it though. The cast is stellar, really. Like Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. as Spock is so fantastic. So good. I love him in everything he's done. Like, yeah. I mean, like of course I'm recently watching Fringe, 
so good in Fringe. Yeah, Amazing. one of the best things in that show. <laughs> um, dare I say it? I enjoy his turn in the Transformers movie. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, one yeah, of the few like, bright spots of those movies. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Um, the turn he has was was so great. I loved it. And of course, you know him in uh, the Star Trek J.J. Uh, Abrams reboot. Like, really well done. I just I love him. And the, the Shat is iconic. Like, say what you will, but there's a reason why people still talk about him. You know, he's a character. He's a personality. Um, and this show just not only like innovated what sci-fi could be on a television front, but innovated real life. Like yeah. it. It in, is pretty much inspired thousands, like hundreds of people to take up like engineering and aerospace and like become astronauts. Like I bet half of our astronauts right now are, you know, probably astronauts because of, of Star Trek or in a similar show or series inspired by Star Trek. Because let's face it, like face it, pretty much everything we see now is inspired in some way, shape or form from Star Trek. And I love it. You know, um, and that's probably pretty much the best thing you could say about a show like, you know, that it touches other shows going forward. Um, so it had to be on this list. Um, and I'm mad I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would y'all say is y'all's favorite Star Wars property, be it a series, a movie? Star Trek. Star- oh, Star Trek. Yep, Star Trek. <laughs> All the stars. Oh man. Um, so Damon, like you, I was like, my first exposure was the next generation. Uh, or like, that's like when I, when I think Star Trek, I immediately think of that show, but I also have a really big place in my heart for just the original series movies, like all of them. I, I'm going to say, especially for, I love the time travel one. You know, the, I'm all, all for space, uh, space dolphins, space whales, space whales. Space Wills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Rebels did that so many years later, right? Like, I just, I love that. Um, Yeah, so I think of the movies first, just because they were all such a big, like, event for my dad and I watched together. What about you, Dre? This is, it's tough. Because, like I said, growing up watching the Star Trek shows with my dad, you know, it was something we really bonded over. Um, But I also... uh, it's, it might be the original movies as well. And I might say, I'm going to go with Wrath of Khan. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot I, top Wrath of Khan. I remember just sobbing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the emotion. And it's just, it's so, you know, the, and it's just, it's so good. Um, I think that's the one that kind of stands out for me. Pers- like as an adult, you know, but like nostalgia wise, um, uh, it would be the original series as well. So yeah, it's kind of a tie between those two, I'd say. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, I you know, just to mention a couple of things that like Star Trek is inspired. Like, I mean, Battlestar Galactica, yeah. one of my favorite series. Um, you have some of the best parodies, like Galaxy Quest. Is oh, I love Galaxy phenomenal. Quest. Yeah. Yes. Good. I love it. Um, and yeah, we wouldn't have any of it without Star Trek, you know. And we may, might not have cell phones without Star Trek, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google Earth was inspired uh by by the show i believe i read so you know it's just the show the property that keeps on giving i love it (laughs) um so that's your second pick dre yeah Uh, yes star trek along with bewitched what's going to be the third pick oh gosh okay um so my third pick okay this is again 
it's just, it's difficult. Um, but I think I'm going to go with kind of iconic 60s this time. And it's a toss up. Uh, it's a toss up. But one of the things that I think of when I think of 1960s, I don't know if the show itself really holds up and stands the test of time, but I do think it's kind of, for lack of a better word, encapsulate like a bottle <laughs> of, you know, of uh, catching the zeitgeist of the 60s. So I'm going to go with I Dream of Jeannie. Mm. And partly also because the theme song is probably one of the most iconic theme songs that we can all sing it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I know it from Nick at Night, you know, watching it. Um, as like a kid and like a teenager, but I honestly don't remember a lot of the show. Um, and, but I was always surprised that, and I forget his name, Captain Tony, Tony Nelson, mm -hmm. major. <laughs> like, I'm like, how are you not into Barbara Eden? Like, I don't know. And <laughs> she probably inspired like a million crushes, boys and girls across the land. But I'm going to have to go with I Dream of Jeannie as my number three, just because it is just peak 60s the aesthetic her outfit all of it um it also ran purely in the 60s i think right 1965 to 70 is that uh, yeah i think the last season was nineteen seventy. okay yeah yeah so it's longer than i expected um mm. and that's what i'm surprised have they remade that is there an i dream of genie movie i don't think there is you made a film like back then maybe, maybe. um let me see. It's one of the rare ones that like doesn't have. We don't have an abundance of like versions of this one, like we do with a lot of the other '60s show shows. Right. So there was a uh, two made-for-television reunion films, which yeah. you know followed them in like later years. Right. So interesting. There was an animated series, of course, by Hanna Barbera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Genie. I remember <laughs> that. That was fun. Yes. Yeah. Because they did the opening credits, right? The opening credits were animated. Yes. And, um, and Bewitched also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Hanna-Barbera is everywhere on this list. Yeah, they are very representative. Yes. So that's one. I think it doesn't fit, like I said, my long-lasting criteria other than we all, like, it's just, everybody knows what I Dream of Genie is, um, even if they haven't really seen it. <laughs> You just yeah. know what it is, and you can see the outfit, you can see the bottle, and the pink, you know, the pink gauze. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Kyle, what do you think about I Dream of Genie? Yeah, this, you just said it, but, like, I can't even think of a, a full episode that I've seen of this show. But I, I immediately, as soon as you said bottle, I was like, oh, of course, I, I Dream of Genie. Like, it's just so, um, like, ingrained in pop culture. Uh, I... I do think it does like it exemplifies the sixties in a way like not a lot of these shows do just like that kind of show does not get made in any other decade. You know, like it's just so out there and, and zany and I love it. I, I agree. I don't know how he wasn't in into, into her. Like that's just, okay. That's the most unrealistic part of that show. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think it's, immediately when we said like 1960s, I'm sure this is, even if like if y'all are listening at home, you immediately thought of this show, right? It's just so associated with the decade. So this is this is like a no brainer. This is a perfect pick. Yes, I love it. Um, of course, you know another one with the opener of an animated, you know, animated opener. I wish shows did that more often. Yeah, you know? 
like you can just go super crazy with it absurd you know um i love when shows just mix in animation you know of lizzie mcguire did it maybe better than anybody <laughs> so fun yeah um but okay so i dream of genie of course was you know a pretty big mainstay on nick at night and tv land um and you know i believe like it was almost always like back to back with bewitched i'm pretty sure because like these shows just go together like you know you got the witch and then you have the genie and it was like yeah of course it's perfect and um like I don't remember any specific storylines of I Dream of Jeannie, except she was always trying to make him happy. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and even as a kid, it always seemed super like weird, like just super like unnecessary. It's like, this is just a weird, like, that's all she does. That's literally like, like, I don't remember her ever wanting to do anything else. Like she ever wanted to do anything for herself. I don't remember, you know, and if it happened, it wasn't important enough for us to remember. So, like, you know, I always, like, just suppose that with, like, Bewitched. I definitely think Bewitched is the far superior show. But I Dream of Genie was super popular. And the the theme song, of course, hits super. So I like that you got the combo. I, I like that you got both of them. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is just, I really like, really like that. Um, What's the one thing that you do remember about I Dream of Genie that you just really, really enjoy? I, well, again, this is a thing I remember doing with my friends or, you know, when you're a kid and you watch the show and it's, you know, this is as a auditory medium, you're not going to be able to see, but when she does the cross the arms and then the blinky thing, like <laughs> yeah. you've done that, right? Like, you know, um, and that's one that always brought me joy. And I always, you know, I think aesthetically like the show just really stands out um in my mind and like I said I don't think it holds up great like as a show I don't know how it went on for so long (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but I also think that uh yeah it's just I just I really it's very 60s and it, like you said, it, I don't think it could have been made any other time. So maybe that's why it hasn't been adapted. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also I, one that, like, I think we have a good mix of stuff that's, like, black and white and color. And this one really benefits from being in color. Like, I yeah. just, I, it's not as as charming as a show if it's if you don't see that pink uh, get up. And, like, you know, it's just so, it, it's a very colorful show. So I'm, I love that they kind of, you know... Uh, that was a big thing of the sixties too, right? We had that transition. So this is a big one that like really sticks out in my head of like one of those sixties shows that like just would not be the same in, in black and white. I, I like that. Like you say that like Adam's family, I think honestly works better with the black and white because oh, like, yeah. I think, like I saw a picture of like their house in color and it's like super vibrant. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, that looks cool, but it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> um, Bewitched, I believe like switched in the middle. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, and a couple of these shows had some black and white, and then some color. So uh, the next show I'm going to draft actually did that. So okay, <laughs> just to maybe segue into the next pick. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we'll just roll right along. Um. So I have the Adams Family and Flintstones. Um. And y'all picked pretty much the rest of my board. So I'm I'm getting down to. <laughs> So I'm trying to pick between the nitty gritty and yeah. I feel like this one is definitely maybe not as uh, long standing. It has not withstood the t- uh, test of time like some of our first picks, 
but I feel like this one also was maybe at its peak super strong, okay? Um, like, even into, like, maybe the 90s, it was still a fairly popular show. Um, and I think if you still mention it, I think people, a surprising amount of people would still be able to, like, know anything about it, okay? Um, so I'm going to roll with Gilligan's Island. Nice. Yes, you know, uh, the show of uh, about, you know, this crew of uh, people on the ship and they shipwreck on this island and they're stranded there. And it's just pretty much about them trying to get off of it and survive together and doing a terrible job at it. You know, <laughs> like it's just this comedy show of them on this island and every episode's like them having a plan of getting off of it and it getting messed up usually by uh, our boy Gilligan, you know, <laughs> the title character. It like isn't that a, such a flex? Like name the show after the character that just no one really likes and is always messing <laughs> stuff up. It's like wow, like and like he is the main character because he's always in stuff. And it's but it's like, do you even like Gilligan? I'm like, <laughs> I do like Gilligan, but like, god dang it, Gilligan, stop it! Just just go stand over there, please. But then of course you always had the episodes where Gilligan was getting everyone else. Uh, out of trouble and getting them make you know stopping them from fighting and at each other's throats because everyone was the super big different kinds of personalities and yep. i love i love shows like that you get people from different walks of life and you throw them together and you just get this turmoil and and just a bunch of banter and disagreements like you have ginger uh the actress you have uh, the girl from uh, kansas marianne mm-hmm. you have gilligan and the skipper you know they, they run the ship and you have uh, Thurston Howell and his wife, uh, you third. know, millionaire, the third. <laughs> third. Um, and so, like, the show just kind of writes itself there. You know, it's a very clever show. I, I love the idea of it, you know. Um, and I love the reiterations of getting this, like, down the road of other shows. Um, but just that blend of characters that do not get along in any way, shape, or form. And they have to somehow cohabitate and get along. And they just don't. Um, I remember laughing the like just laughing all the time watching the show as a kid, um, but like it, it really didn't get as much airplay as a lot of the other shows, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like apparently it was really big in syndication in the seventies and eighties, so like it really you know kept on going. Um, but like I just didn't see it as much when I was a kid, but uh, I, I always really liked it. Um, this is a show that I would very be intrigued to have a remake because it's a very practical premise that could easily be done the comedy would be really hard to nail i think right like now i don't know yeah but i I would like to see it i'd like to see a modern day gilligan's island so but that's my pick third pick what do y'all think drake that was uh my next pick (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think it's a good one and also i would say that that theme song you know who doesn't know the three hour tour and it's just it's I could sing the whole thing still, even though I haven't seen that show in like 20 years, right? Um, And then also you kind of have all of the archetypes of characters and like the ginger, Mm -hmm. Marianne. um, And it just, yeah. And I think it is interesting. It's one of those they haven't remade or maybe, I don't know, maybe because they lost. (laughs) It's like a a descendant (laughs) of it, sort of. but yeah, it's, you're, that's a very good point of how how do you make it funny. But I also think, um, like I was looking, like it didn't play on Nick at Night for that long. Like it was only on a, like for a few years, like in modern syndication. But it's still, 
everybody knows what it is. Everyone recognizes the characters and, um, but I think also, I didn't realize you're right. Like if you ask who's your favorite character on Gilligan's Island, no one ever says Gilligan. (laughs) (laughs) So why is it named after him? Uh, But Bob Denver was great. So yeah. Yes. I love Bob. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kyle, what do you think of Gilligan's Island? Yeah. So Dre, I'm really glad you mentioned Lost because my first experience was with this show. My friend was like, okay, I have a great idea. We're going to watch them back to back. And it was the (laughs) weirdest experience I've ever had, but it made me love both shows so much more because it's, it's like we did this first and then we did Lost. And it was just like the contrasting tones was so funny because they're in equally ridiculous situations. I would love to see like the music from this kind of, uh, played over some of like the more intense scenes from oh, Lost. God, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I agree. I Gilligan was like it, very early on. I was like, I hate this guy, but I can't stop watching. I just he's he's just always finds himself into those hijinks that you just like you you have to love him. He's a goofball, and you're like you just you're getting everyone in trouble, but you're the best. I just want to keep watching for you. But uh, I agree about the theme song. I think this is probably um, this is maybe my favorite theme song of all the shows we've drafted so far. Just because of like immediate as soon as you said the show, it was like playing in my head. It's either this or or batman but like that batman doesn't have a lot to it you know so uh <laughs> it's just a couple words <laughs> uh yeah so this one is just like so catchy um and i agree like i i i would love to see them take a stab at like a, a new ver- version of this because it's just a really tough challenge to make it funny but it would be really interesting i wonder who could like tiger I, that's a great call. I was about to say Taika. Taika. Like, and make it a movie. Make it a movie. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Directed by Taika. Yes. If there's uh, anyone who just knows how to make a ludicrous and ridiculous movie, it's him. Like he just his movies are so gleeful. So like, yeah, that would be perfect. Yes. I don't know. I don't know who you get as like Michael Sarah as Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like I don't a know, I have to say this for our Gilligan's Island fantasy cast. I can't give away any more picks. Okay. <laughs> can't unsee that now. <laughs> I just see him in his little hat and <laughs> hat. Oh. Uh, I think it'd be great. Oh. Okay. Um yes, I'm glad I got Gilligan's Island. Uh, cause my, I, I don't think my board was going to be very strong without it. Uh, mm-hmm. so very glad I could get that. And I think we're going to move to Kyle's uh, next pick, but before that, we're going to go to a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Florian Fortescue's located on Diagon Alley. Are you jonesing for some ice cream, but with a little flair? Maybe a little bit of magic? Well, come on down to Florian Fortescue's, boasting more than 40 flavors, all to satisfy your magical ice cream needs. We've got magic chocolate, uh, magic strawberry, magic... Is, is this right? Is, is this? Are these the flavors? They are? Oh, what, what makes them magic? The, the word magic makes them... Okay, um... 
I wasn't aware of that. So come on down to Florian Portescue, where the ice cream is definitely just ice cream, but with the word magic in front of it. Back to the episode. Hey guys, and we're back. And I believe the last pick we had was mine uh, for Gilligan's Island. And we're going to be rolling to Dre's next pick. I'm sorry, not Dre, but Kyle's, because I was wrong. <laughs> Kyle, what you got for us? Oh uh, yeah, don't don't let Dre steal any more of my picks. I need these last two. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was telling them before we came back from break. I I'm like frantically like scrounging around for my last two, but this one uh, just lucked out. I was kind of browsing around on Amazon Prime and saw that this show is free on there with ads um, and just threw it on. This is one of those. It's like perfect to just th- like I- I'll probably watch it to fall asleep tonight. It's one of those just great background shows. Um, another one that was referenced in WandaVision. Um, so I'm going to go with the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, it ran from 1961 to 66. Um, you have, you know, Rob Petrie played by Dick Van Dyke and Laura Petrie, his wife played by uh, the, the queen, Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, yeah, the, their comedic timing and like just the charm between the two of them holds up so well. I, I started at the beginning and even in the first episode, I just, you immediately buy into this couple. Like it, it's just they're so sweet um, and they're and they're little kid Richie. Um, so the, the show was created by Carl Rayner, um, Rob Rayner's father. A lot of talent in that family. Um, he also plays Alan Brady, who is the star of this sketch comedy show that Rob Petrie is writing for. Rob Petrie is the head writer on this show, which I think is a really cool kind of unique uh, premise for a, a sitcom. Um, you know, in the 60s, like I said, you get this really big boom of situational comedy. Um, and I love how unique they went with concepts. Like even if the, in the ones we've picked, we've gone from you know, being stranded on an island to uh, being in the prehistoric era to now to like, yeah, this guy's like a writer for a a sketch comedy show. I think there's so much comedy to be found in that. Um, And yeah, like I said, like this is another one where I think the cast, there is not really a weak link. Like everyone is just so charming. And so it's one of those things where you you just want to be in on the joke. Like you just want to be friends with all of these people. Um, Dick Van Dyke is like a national treasure. So I don't know. Did you guys see uh, Mary Poppins Returns? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was necessary to have a sequel that many years later. But when he shows up in like the end of the movie, I almost cried in the theater. I was just like, oh, my God, it's Dick Van Dyke. Like I just I missed him so much. And uh, it was just it was perfect. He gets up on the desk and starts doing his tap dance. Like, it's just so charming. He is just such a like national treasure, even when he appears in like Night at the Museum and plays kind of like an against type kind of role. He's so great in that movie, too. He really ele- elevates that movie. Um, but yeah, he's just so funny in this sh- show. He's a really like charismatic leading man. Uh, I think that so WandaVision was a great like display of Elizabeth Olsen's acting, like her dramatic acting. But I think like Paul Bettany is so funny in that show. And I think he really harnessed some of like the Dick Van Dyke energy in those early episodes. Uh, Just like the physical comedy he does is just perfect. He's just hilarious in that show. Um, 
of course, like he's no stranger to that. He's obviously hilarious in like a Knight's Tale and stuff. But it was just refreshing to see that again on like in full force. Um, but uh, yeah, I I won't talk too much about WandaVision. That's next week. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it, it's such a fun show. And it's like I said, I, I will probably just binge it a lot of it tonight, like as I'm going to sleep, because it's like it's a comfort show. You know, it's just that's what I love about a lot of these shows is back in the 60s. I hate using the phrase like a simpler time or whatever, because obviously there are a lot of things about these shows that are problematic and don't hold up, but it was a simpler kind of um, type of show, right? Like all of these shows were so light and so easy to watch. Like you can have them on in the background while you're doing like homework or, or, or chores or something. And they're just fun. Like you don't really have to pay a whole lot of attention to like a Flintstones episode because they're all pretty much the same. Like, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, and I think there's a really great charm to that. And yeah, this is like a, a prime example of that. Like I, I just, I feel like I could always have the Dick Van Dyke show on in the background and it just puts me in a good mood. <laughs> I love that. Like, I feel like that's the staple of the perfect rewatchable show or comfort show really comfort shows are are very vital into like today's age we all have one or five or ten of them you know so <laughs> the one that we can just put on and, and you know just makes us feel better uh dre how do you feel about the dick van dyke show getting picked here uh i agree with everything it's up there on my list um it's just it's one of those just iconic 60 shows but it's um it's earlier right in the decade and you can yeah. definitely mm-hmm. see like, it reminds me of Mad Men, like kind of where how the fashion changes through the time. And this is kind of like early Mad Men time, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's that kind of idyllic, uh, you know, nuclear family at home. But it's really funny and heartwarming. And, you know, Dick Van Dyke and Mary, uh, Mary Tyler Moore are just two of the best comedic actors ever <laughs> like they're just their timing yeah. is just incredible and mary tyler moore has gone on to do so much it, it just it really um it does sit there as one of those it's like a, a heartwarming it's a comfort show right yeah and it just kind of it, i i do like it and i i'm i think that's one that it has informed a lot of the family sitcoms that we love today Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it also kind of sits on its own and you can't really remake it. You yeah. know, I love the homage from WandaVision, but it, it is its own thing. And I, I, I personally, I don't want that one remade. I don't know how you oh, guys, yeah. but <laughs> I, I don't think it would work. I think there's no way to like remake it and keep the spirit of the original right. show, you know? Well, just by like virtue of like the time period of it, what it was like, you trying to do it has been remade over and over again it's just as you put it into a new time period it becomes a completely different show yeah so it but i mean everything we've watched since then has probably been inspired in some way by dick van dyke show i mean it's a classic for a reason um i have to say it's one of the shows that i didn't really ever watch too much as a kid um i don't think it had a big run on nick at night or or i, I don't know maybe Maybe, like, I just wasn't a big fan. I don't really remember. Like, it wasn't in my heavy rotation. Um, I'm a big Dick uh, Van Dyke fan, though, because, like, Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang were movies I had owned, like, repeat constantly as a kid. Big musical fan. And, like, those scenes with live action and animation mixed together, like, I think that's what gave me my love for it, were those two movies. 
like I can just see the scene him dancing with the penguins. You know, <laughs> oh, so so good. I yeah. love it. Um, but he's so charming in everything he does. Like his him and freaking Scrubs as the Doctor is. Yeah, cameo. yeah. Forgot and about just, that. Like everything he does, whenever he's on screen, even if it's a character that like you've never seen him try to do, he's so good at it. Like he's great. I love him. And then Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, I watched the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I mm-hmm. loved it. I love her. She's fantastic. I really think I gotta go back and watch Dick Van Dyke show because like. I feel like I'm probably going to enjoy it a lot more now than as a kid. You know, I think yeah. I like the shows that were a little bit more hijinksy and like, you know, a little bit more high concept. Dick Van Dyke was very simple, you know, um, but execution was great, I believe. So, yeah, I, I was that. even surprised to that point. I was even surprised at like some of the humor I, I love so much more now just being like a little more grown up. Like it's not, I mean, it's a 60s show. so it's still super wholesome, but there's, I, I watched the second episode just before recording this. And it's like, he gets uh, taken off of one of the episodes of the show they're writing and he comes home and he's all upset. And he's like, his, his son is like, uh, you know, why doesn't dad like me anymore? And Mary Tyler Moore is like, no, he just doesn't like himself. And it's like played for laughs. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so real. Like that's, <laughs> Oh my God! Just reached through the screen and grabbed me by the throat, Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, it's just <laughs> it hits. So yeah, I just love it. Gets a little like uh, I won't say edgy or anything, but maybe by '60s standards, it gets into those funny like those great jokes that you get better, like you relate to more as an adult than as a as a kid. So I feel like yeah, Damon, if you go back to it, I think it'll hit in a different way as as an adult. You know, good. I, I can't wait. I mean. Any time spent with Dick Van Dyke and or Mary Tyler Moore is a win. You can't go wrong there. So (laughs) also one of the stories that always stands out and I always remember is that Mary Tyler Moore, her character wears capri pants and the network was really upset because they um, were a little too form fitting and cupped under her butt. And they're like, oh, you know, we don't want to see a lady's rear. And she pushed back and it became one of her like iconic, like staple outfits. And it's just kind of crazy to think of where we've come from (laughs) (laughs) definitely pants she wasn't the first person first woman to wear pants on television but she definitely made it her staple and it's kind of crazy uh yeah Uh, the capri pants (laughs) (laughs) just a little bit too much for us okay dial it down mary okay Um, well, I'm, I, I honestly am really glad that got picked because like, I feel like it's, it is one of the iconic 60s shows, you know, like, I don't, I don't think people would have been okay if that wouldn't have been on one of our boards. So yeah. I'm glad that was picked. And that leads us to the last round. Kyle, uh, do you want to tell the people at home your board before we pick the last picks? Yeah. Um, so I've got. Uh, I've got the Twilight Zone, I've got uh, the Adam West Batman series, and I've got the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, So to round it out, um, from the get-go, I had two animated shows on my board. Uh, The Flintstones was taken, so this is not like it's like, uh, you know, I'm just taking this because it's the last one left. I do love this show, it's just... If I think 60s animated, I immediately think Flintstones. And then I think of this one a little later. Um, so I've got to go with the Jetsons. Um, only ran from 62 to 63. Another one that just blows my mind how. Wow. Yeah, it was only on for like 50 or so episodes, I think. Something like that. Um, which is crazy because it's it's such an iconic show. 
you know, between this and Star Trek, I mean, like, I love the way the 60s envisioned the future. Um, the Jetsons is, like, such a fun picture of what the future would be like. Uh, I saw a meme the other day. I think it was on Facebook where it was like the Jetsons really predicted how we'd be living in 2020 because it's got like him on a screen being yelled at by his boss. It's got like <laughs> telemedicine, work from home and all of this stuff. It's just like, oh, wow, that hits that hits close to home. Uh, yeah, this one is another one that's just like similar to the Dick Van Dyke show. It's just I can have it on in the background and just like it just puts me in a good mood. Another I think this is the running theme of this entire episode. Another great theme song. Um it's so upbeat and catchy. Yeah, it, it's just, it's so fun. And I love the, uh, like, absurdity of it. It's very similar to the Flintstones and, like, the work dynamic, you know, with, uh, what's his name, George George Jetson. Mm-hmm. His yeah. relationship with his boss is just so funny. Um, yeah, this one is just, like, again, like, I, I love the innocence of it and the innocence of, like, the way it depicts the future. Um, like I said, the Star Trek, like I love that that depiction of the future because it's so optimistic and hopeful. And this one is like that, but it just it, it, as a kid watching this, I was like, I can't wait to have like a a phone like that and like cars like that, you know. Um, it was that, and then watching Back to the Future Part Two and waiting for my hoverboard that has never come and my self drying jacket. Come on, where is it, Elon Musk? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Jetsons was just such a fun just kind of like innocent take on the future. And uh, I think it kind of holds up in that way. Like it's just innocent. Like if you need something wholesome to watch, it's like always a a go-to staple. 100%. Dre, how do you feel? Um, Well, that was my fourth pick. So (laughs) I'm a little bummed, Um, but it is, it is, I know I I feel like uh, Mallory when I keep saying everything's iconic, but it is. (laughs) Um, and one of the things that I really love, like the, is the, uh, again, the aesthetic, I'm a very visual person, but this is like mid-century modern come to like animated life, you know, it's so popular now in architecture style, but like, and decoration and uh, decor, um, but this really is, it is mid-century and I just, their looks, their outfits, um, I can hear Astro's voice in my head, you know, the and <laughs> it's just uh it's so great and it's it, again i was shocked that it only ran for like two seasons yeah like it's crazy it was like so impactful and you know this was 20 plus years before i was even born but it feels like my childhood you know um it's just one of those that it stood the test of time i also think the 60s are such an interesting time with the space race mm. and you know so with star trek there's a lot of space themed things even i dream of genie what's his um He's a he's in the Air Force. He's an astronaut, right? Yeah. Um, so this is, um, and I wonder. I didn't do the research on this. If this was inspired by the Flintstones, I'm guessing they said like, "Well, we went in the past. Let's go to the future." And right. um, yeah, it's just, it's great. It is delightful and it's happy. And I would, you know, I would love to see this. <laughs> like, if, like <laughs> park or something. How fun! Like, oh, yeah. be, like a land somewhere. Mm-hmm. They need a whole just yeah. Is this it's Hanna Barbera too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the Jetsons and Flintstones had like a crossover or like they mention each other, like it's supposedly like in the same time period. Though of yeah. course people theorize that Flintstones is like in the future of everything. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. not in the past. It's like the post it's like a po- apocalyptic like post apocalyptic. Okay. Kind of. Oh, okay. 
So the SpongeBob theory. <laughs> yeah, the SpongeBob theory, you know, exactly. You know, it's just dinosaurs come back and, you know, all, all technology is gone. <laughs> but uh, Jetsons, you know, I, I always like when I think of the Flintstones, I always inevitably think of Jetsons, you know, because I do tie them together so much because it's a very similar kind of style. You have the family dynamic. Pretty much you have the work going on, the family, the struggles, uh, nothing serious really happens, but you have a problem and gets fixed. And then you have the backdrop of the space, the technology happening. I always loved, uh, what is it, Rudy? Ruby? The uh, robot? Mm-hmm. I love the robot made. It's great. Yes. Rosie the robot. Rosie. Yes, Rosie. That's it. Um, and of course, like, this is a show where I don't ever really remember much of the episodes either, though. Like, I don't really remember specific things happening. Just the vibe. Just the aesthetic. And it, it really is, it has one of the coolest aesthetics of a show, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember, like, the big open windows and, and just, like, sharp angles of everything. The flying cars. <sighs> I love it. And this, of course, really should be remade also. Because why not? Like, and it's just like, yeah, this is in the future futures. Because apparently they didn't go far enough into the future. for Because the Jetsons were, like, this time period, right? Yeah. I think so. It was something like this. It was supposed to even like maybe even in the 2000s. Like, I'm trying to remember when it was supposed to be. I don't know if they ever actually gave us a time. Um, So, but we all, like you said, we all thought we were going to have stuff like this by now, and it just sucks (laughs) that we don't. But we tells me it's 2062 is when it's supposed to take place. Oh, okay. Premiered in 1962. Oh, so 100 years. Okay, so we have time. We have still a chance. 40 years. Yeah, we got 40 years. <laughs> we have the whole, you know, telecommunications going on and the video chats, you know, we're doing that right now. Um, but I just, I love the vibe. The color of it was really awesome. And I'd love to see them do something modern take for it. You know, I think half of these would be amazing now. But And I think that's a really good kind of testament of uh, the show, you know, like, it, you know, if, if it's the, you have a really great base and a group of characters and you want to bring it into the future and it would work in some way, I think that's a really good base of a good show. Um, so I, I'm really sad I didn't get the Jetsons. So that's a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys, real quick, did you guys see Meet the Robinsons? Yes. yes. So that felt like a great kind of like the closest thing to like a modern or like an homage to the Jetsons. I feel like it's a super slept on Disney movie anyway. Agreed. Um, but I, I love that movie. I just I, when I saw it, I, it made me want to rewatch the Jetsons. <laughs> That's fair. I have mixed feelings about that movie. I will have to see how I feel about it on my Disney binge. Mm, so, yeah, I'll get there one day. <laughs> <laughs> but that that uh, finishes Kyle's board. And that is a very strong board. Uh, let's see if I can top it. Um, so just to recap, I have the Adams Family, Flintstones and Gilligan's Island. Ooh. And like I said before, I'm at the spot where I don't know what I'm picking. Um, I Let's see. I just have a bunch of different options, and I'm looking at them all. And I think the best one is going to be a show that like I've probably seen the opener more than I've seen the show. Because I, it'd come on after like I Dream of Genie, or it'd come on after Happy Days. Um, and I'd be like... This is such a good opener. And then the show would start and I'd be like, eh, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> um, because as a kid, it, it didn't really have anything going for me, you know. 
Um, but in retrospect, it's a super popular show. And I don't know. I think this might be the most simplistic show that we're going to have drafted. I'm going to go with the Andy Griffin show. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, I mean. Whistle, that whistle opening. Yeah. Which I yeah. can't even whistle. So I can't even like sing along to it. So I just like hum and dance, you know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the show itself is is super plain. Uh, not much happens. Uh, you have, of course, good old Aunt Opie, you know, um, who is my favorite character of the whole show. But um, I have to say, I don't know much too much even about it because, like I said, I it, I wasn't the biggest fan as a kid. Um, I you, you had, what, the uh, sheriff of the town who would, like, try to make sure the whole town was taken care of and no hijinks were going on. You had a son, Opie. You had Aunt B. And then you had uh, the <laughs> good old Barney Fife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, of course, probably the maybe the most iconic character of the show because he's a bumbling idiot. <laughs> uh, I guess the sixties maybe kind of started that vibe with Gilligan and Barney, you know, two two sides of the same coin. Um, he was just <sighs> bumbling. He was he was never able to do anything right, and so that created like pretty much half of the show's plot right there. You know, um, it was great, great simple times. You know, he'd let out a a, a bandit or something like someone get locked up and he mess it up and they'd have to find him again. Um, but it was nothing very, what's the word? Um, serious. It was not serious in any way, shape or form. They were just in this real small town North in North Carolina. Um, they'd go fishing a lot and it was just really low key, you know? And so if you ever needed the show to just kind of chill and like fall asleep to, that was the show. And if anyone knows about Nick at Night and TV Land, like those were the shows you fell asleep to. Like the these were my nighthood shows. Like my just like I put them on and they'd sing me a lullaby. And like <laughs> the the whistle was maybe my favorite lullaby. Okay, as a kid, so I, I feel like I had to uh, pay its uh, respect. So yeah, what do y'all think, Kyle? Yeah, uh, this is one I'm kind of with you. I, I associate this more with that theme than like the show itself. This and then like Ron Howard, you know, without this yeah. show, we don't have Arrested Development. We don't have, you know, Solo, maybe for better. But we don't have Ron Howard, like this incredibly <laughs> iconic director and actor. Um, but I, I, I love he's just such a wholesome kid in this show. You know, I, I, I feel like the 60s and even like the 70s, but like these older sitcoms, the kid actors were so much better because they were just like they just like were so uh, I don't know the word, but they they just like were so natural. You know, they just he he at such a young age, you could tell how talented he was. Um, yeah, Don Knotts is hilarious in the show. This is another one that started out in black and white and then made the, the switch to color. Um, I think it works like with both. This is one of those rare ones where it's like. I mean, there's, you know, like you said, it's a very simplistic show, so it doesn't need a lot visually. So I think it it, it made the switch very naturally. Like it, it, nothing was really affected by the the switch to color. Um, yeah, this is another one that's just like very wholesome and very heartwarming. It's just such a, a simple premise. And yeah, I, I I I also haven't seen a ton of it, but it's like a it's a a lot of these, like the running theme here, a lot of these is just like you, it's name recognition. Like you say the, the name of the show and we're all listening. We hear the theme song in our heads. Um, 
yeah, this is such a just like an iconic 60s show ran to like almost the entire decade, you know, 1960 yep. all the way to up to 68. So I think this one was um, I did see I just looked up. It was it joins I Love Lucy and Seinfeld as the only three shows to when it when they ended, they were still at the top of uh, Nielsen's ratings. So wow. went out on top. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I love to see that with the show. <laughs> Dang. Well, that that's my fourth pick. That uh, finishes up my board. They integrate the show. Uh, what do you think, Dre? That's a good one. It is it is very 60s. <laughs> you know, it's it like the whole decade. Like, I, that, that also surprised me. And it's one of those, you know, the name recognition, like Kyle said. And, but I can't, like, I know I've seen it, but I don't <laughs> name like a single plot or what happens. But I know the characters, you know, and be, I remember being surprised that, like, that's Ron Howard. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, um, and I wish I could whistle, <laughs> but I've never been able to. Me either. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think, because I always just picture it in black and white. I think of it as an earlier show for some reason, like that it's not necessarily 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Ron Howard's that old. <laughs> so my brain has to replace it. Um, but I I think, yeah, because the, the original, like that title sequence is in black and white. Um but it is, it's, it's a good pick. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, then that's going to lead us to the last pick of the draft. Dre, Uh, uh, recap your board for the ones at home before you bring us home. Okay. So my number one was bewitched. Number two was star Trek. And number three was I dream of genie. Um, my fourth pick was the Jetsons. <laughs> so I'm bummed that was taken. And <laughs> I have been kind of just oh, waffling back and forth right now between shows that are purely encapsulated in the 60s, kind of just like a time capsule of the time, or shows that are more, I think, long lasting, but you might not necessarily associate it with the 60s. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with that one and it did run for like three decades in its original run (laughs) and then it came back and that's where I came into it is in the 2000s um but it started in you know our 1960s I'm gonna go with the classic Doctor Who wow great call (laughs) you know I didn't even think about shows that like lasted like longer <laughs> this oh, yeah. Just, and honestly like i've been going back and forth this whole time between i'll say dr hugh and my alternate was green acres <laughs> oh yeah guys 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 <laughs> i i was going to mention green acres because the entire time we've been doing this podcast yeah. i've just had the theme song stuck in my head green it is the all-time goat of theme songs <laughs> i don't know like at least the first line just it's it's so good I love Green Acres, this place to be. <laughs> okay. <That's>, I, <laughs> I think just Doctor Who, just like in my life as well, like I'm I'm a Whovian, and I think it speaks more to, again, our, our nerdly fellows. Um, but it's just, I haven't watched a lot of classic Doctor Who. Um, I've watched some of the like iconic early episodes, but it started in 1963, so it's pretty deep in there. Um, and it ran to 89. So I think, and then I think for me, my Doctor Who is 
the more recent ones, David Tennant is my personal favorite. Yes. Um, you know, so I don't often associate it with the 60s, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. I think it speaks to a lot of the same themes that we've seen in a lot of our other shows. And this is pure sci-fi, you know, it's really cool in time travel. <laughs> it's just so weird and it's kind of cheesy. Um, but I love it. <laughs> you know, the TARDIS, like how can you not love, how can you not love that? Um, and it's also uh, not American, which I think most, I don't know, like production, I'd like to learn a little bit more about it, but like Hollywood was where you made movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is here, I live like 20 minutes away. Uh, <laughs> but you know, how were films and television shows created in other parts of the world? And like this one's British. Um, so it is interesting kind of the history of film in other countries is something I really haven't delved that much into. Like I know a little bit, but, um, yeah. And I think, like I said, this just speaks to a lot of the themes that we've talked about (laughs) kind of all the other shows and it's just, it's a classic. Yeah. I'm going to go number four, Dr. Who. That is the last pick of the draft. And before you hear our thoughts, we're going to to a quick break. Here at Planet Fantasy, we love potatoes in all kinds of forms, but especially in the fry. If you love fries and you love to load them with anything from chili to five different kinds of cheese to salsa to brisket to pulled pork, then head on down to the high fry where you can be sure to get high on fries. Hey guys, and we're back one more time for this episode, and we just had our last pick of this draft, Doctor Who by our guest Dre. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, how do you feel about Doctor Who getting picked? Yeah, it's. I think Dre just won the draft. I, I <laughs> like this sneaky, just last minute, eleventh hour. Uh, man, that's that's perfect. Uh, we were just talking about it, you know, after the break. It's it's one of those shows that's so like. I think there are specific um, iterations you think of immediately with this show, and it's more than likely it's the 2005 to the current one, or it's the 60s, right? Like there are just very specific points in uh, in time that you think of with this show, and uh, you know it's just no pun intended. It's timeless. Like it's just it's kind of a time capsule a bit, and it kind of it just yeah. I I love this show. This is arguably. I've never gotten a definitive answer from him, but it, it might be my dad's favorite show of all time. Um, like this one all the way to the present one. I, I don't know if he's seen like all of the most recent ones, but he he's a big David Tennant fan. And yeah, he, he just uh, he loves this show. He he was a big reason why I was big into sci-fi at a young age. And this show was always on at home. Um, and it's just so iconic, right? Like you get we're talking a lot about like stuff that just exists in the the zeitgeist now i mean talk about the tardis is one of the most recognizable like icons at this point um and the dalek and the the cybermen you know like it's just it's ah i love it i just got so many like nostalgia flooded pictures when you mentioned this show i just uh it's such a it holds a really special place in my heart so i'm I'm glad you picked this one this is a it's a great way to end the draft <laughs> it is and uh you know of course i you know i will always think of the uh the reboot, the refresh, 
you know, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Eccleston's Nine. I personally yeah. love Nine. Underrated. Um, yeah. I really wish we could have seen more of Nine. I think he could have ended up being everyone's favorite, to be completely honest, if we had seen more of him. Um, he's a little crabby, you know, yes. a little fun, just witty. Um, and I, I, you know, of course, we, I don't think we would have gotten the relationship between uh, ten, like him and between Rose. They would have been more like friends. Yeah. Um, so we might not have get, gotten one of the best romances ever of Doctor Who, you know. Um, or, you know, maybe you don't like Rose and the Doctor. But that's another conversation. But I mean, I, I I love I love all those doctors. Honestly, I love Capaldi. I love Smith. Um, but I have not really seen hardly any of the original Doctor Who. Um, I really need to. I've been trying to find some good time. It's hard to find all the episodes. Also, you know, like where are they? Um, I think some might be on Prime. There, I know there's a bunch of lost episodes. And but there's a bunch of audiobooks too, so I might try to go into that. But I mean, just the idea of what Doctor Who is and what it stands for. It's just this this time traveler and traveler of space who's just seek, seeking knowledge and experience, you know, just life. Just trying to like, you know, see help these people here, uh, find out what's happening here, you know, don't die over there. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um and I feel like every Doctor, of course, has their own personality, which is one of my favorite things about the Doctor Who-verse, you know, the whole idea of the regeneration of the Doctor. Brilliant. And being able to play a, play be uh, being played by a different actor, having that built into the character is amazing. Maybe yeah. one of the best instances of, like, ideas for writing a show ever. It's mm. like, oh, crap, of course this person doesn't want to play this character forever. What do we do? Well, they they just turn into a new person. <laughs> Fixed, done, genius. I love it. I I wish more shows had creative ways of doing stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love the the learning educational aspect almost of Doctor Who. You know, and it's always teaching very valuable lessons. Like it's it's always trying to tell you to be a better person and and look out for humankind and mankind. Um, right. Never look down on people. I I you know, just thousands and countless lessons that the show teaches and um i really want to see the you know the beginnings of it 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 is a very much a different show from then and now and even from when i started watching it to to now with jody's uh doctor i really want to get back into that i i it was a little rough her first season but i've heard it's it's gotten a lot better so the fact that we're talking about this show being on tv right now I would say it's pretty much stood the test of time, you know? Um, yeah. It's arguably the biggest show out of all of these just because, like, people are – there's a huge fandom on it right now. You know, I mean, there's sites and blogs dedicated to the hate of Moffat, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's always talk – there's always people who will – I mean, since the beginning, people have always cosplayed these uh, – the doctors, you know, and it's never going to go away – I mean, I love the doctor with the with the scarf and the bow or the bow tie. And yeah. of course, you, you know, you got Tenet's awesome look with the with the sneakers and the glasses and everything. Um, I just love the different personalities. And this show means a lot to so many different people. And I didn't I personally we were saying between the break, um, I didn't want to go towards a show that was couldn't really be defined by a certain decade. But the fact that this kind of the beginning of this show I don't know if it would have been the same show if it hadn't started in the 60s, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a kind of a very 60s kind of style show, you know, just the idea of it. It kind of like the it kind of very Star Trekky almost, you know, in a similar way. Yeah, um, it's DNA so, is in the 60s. Yes, yeah. very much so. The yeah. exploration and the yeah. noble, the optimism, mm-hmm. the yeah. optimism of of the of humankind. Mm-hmm. They, they both have it. And, and I love that. I love Doctor Who so much. So <laughs> I'm so happy this got picked, even though I really I didn't even think about it. And yeah, uh, I say we probably got beat again, Kyle. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, we need to know. stop inviting people on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you and me, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that concludes our boards. Um, real quick, did I want to mention any other shows that uh, didn't make the cut but definitely deserve a, a ring? I have a couple. Yeah, like I mentioned already, Green Acres, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. The Monsters. Yeah. And then I have a list of quite a few more, but I'm going to say one only because I just, I just remember the theme song and that's Flipper. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't remember what that show, it's just a dolphin, but that Flipper, you know, I just, I will remember that song forever. (laughs) Kyle, do you have any others that you wanted to just to be sure it's uh, mentioned on the show? Um, yeah, so I had two big ones that other than the ones, I mean, a lot of my honorable, honorable mentions were drafted by you guys, but the two big ones that I almost went with were, um, the outer limits limits, which ran for only two seasons, but I feel like, yeah, with the twilight zone, like that's just kind of the, the superior version of that show. Um, and then I almost went with the man from uncle just, I'm, I'm actually very new to that show just because, uh, I loved the 2015 movie. I, I, just it, I thought it was such a fun movie and had no clue. I was I had no clue it was based on a, a 60s show. And so I went back and started watching it. And it is it's very dated and it like doesn't really work today. But it's a, it's a fun show. Um, I almost went with that or like Mission Impossible, you know, the original series. But yeah, those those are ones that like it's harder for those to like uh, hold up as opposed to like a sitcom or like an animated show, you know? So, but yeah, the outer limits was the really close one, but I just figured the twilight zone is like the, the prime version of a show like that. Right. Um, I think like really the only other show I think should be mentioned is maybe Bonanza, mm. you know, yeah. that's was one of the more popular shows definitely in the sixties when it was airing. Um, I never ever saw a single episode. I remember my grandma talking a lot about it, you know? Um, yeah. Didn't that have the really cool theme song? Or my, oh, yeah. The Rawhide, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, or am I thinking of a different show? Yeah. Uh, there was a show called Rawhide. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rawhide, that one. Yes. <laughs> Bonanza had, like, the bouncing, like, dun 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that one. Dun, dun. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I always get those two mixed up for some reason. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I just felt like that had to be mentioned. But uh, Did you want to just give a quick spill of any of the other shows that you had? down dre because uh, you said you had like a huge <laughs> list i did okay I'll, I'll go quickly through um let's see so i already mentioned my top ones the avengers the original mm. show uh yeah. dennis the menace was uh 60s the donna reed show dragnet get smart hawaii five ho hogan's heroes the honeymooners uh spanned the 60s um i spy lassie Oh, that one lasts for like 20 years i don't yeah. know how glasses they went through um <laughs> you guys already mentioned mission impossible mr ed yes 
Rawhide, and then the Lucy show, which was the follow-up to I Love Lucy, but it was a different, totally different character, and I don't know that one nearly as well as I know it. I don't either. I Lucy, but yeah. that was 50s. So right. that was my long list, but those were all just kind of like backup, backup, backups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to say, I don't think we, I think we hit all of the, the top shows of the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. I would have to, I could say that confidently, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, this is going to be a good one. I, I, I love the draft we got, guys. Uh, yeah. Man, Dre, thank you so much for joining us on this one. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Fun. For sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't know many other people who would talk '60s with us, '60s TV shows. But <laughs> you know, I, I grew up on this, and I love talking to people who who did too. So thank you so much. Yeah. No, this has been really fun, and it's been fun kind of uh, looking back, and I didn't realize just how many shows there were that I loved and that I knew and that are such kind of like cultural touchstones yeah. know, from the 60s. Yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, right. Kyle, any last words? Yeah, this was tons of fun. Um, like I said at the top, guys, this is going to be our, our ongoing series. Um, along with our other kind of a companion series will be the film side. So we're going to have the acolytes of film coming at the end of this month and starting in the sixties as well. Um, that'll be lots of fun just to kind of pair each month with, uh, TV and movies. So stay tuned for that. Um, next week we're jumping back into the sixties a little bit, but jumping back into <laughs> all of the decades, uh, with WandaVision. we're going to, um, debut our, our new premiere, kind of the planet fantasy award show called the Effies, uh, giving some superlatives to, uh, WandaVision. This will be another ongoing thing. We're going to give awards to a lot of movie franchises, TV shows, and the like. Um, we figured what better way to start than with one that just ended. It's fresh in everyone's mind. Uh, all of our Mephisto theories are wrong. And so <laughs> let's <laughs> let's break it down and give it some awards. So stay tuned for that one. But as always, you know, if you guys have thoughts on the episode, who won the draft, we know it's Dre. Uh, hit us up at planet.fantasypod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at planet.fantasy, and we are on Twitter. Uh, Damon, what's our Twitter handle? Our Twitter is planet, it's underscore planet fantasy. That's right. We, we got it up, guys. That's going to be, it might be the one we're most active on, honestly, because we're just going to give you our random thoughts on on movies and, and TV shows. Um, so make sure to follow us there for some, some fun discussion. But uh, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See y'all, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>